Hello again and welcome to the Gospel Boldly podcast where we confess with St. John that these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. We're your hosts. I'm Thomas Lemke. And I'm Pastor Eric Brown. And we are are cruising through, uh, if you are on the one-year series at your church, all the uh, the post-Easter gospel text. We're moving through John 15. We finished John 15. We're into John 16 where Jesus is setting us up and preparing us for life in the New Testament church. So, uh, Thomas, how, how, how's your slice of life in the New Testament church going at the moment? Everything going good and fun for you and all that? Ups and downs, but you know, it's all good. It, it's a busy time of the year. Uh, if those, if uh, we have any listeners who are at Higher Things Conference, like, Pay attention to the speakers. Don't just listen to us. Actually, no. Listen to us and ignore the speakers. But, <laughs> but have fun at your conferences. People coming and going. If you're getting ready for a National Youth Convention, if you're getting ready for Synodical Convention, all the, the, the crazy convention season, enjoy. Do you know what conventions I'm going to this year? I, zero. Zero. Yeah. Well, at, at, actually, the national convention's up in uh, Milwaukee, mm-hmm. around three hours from here, and my dad gets to go. My dad will be celebrating his 25th anniversary of his ordination, and this will be the first time he gets to go to a, a national convention. Doesn't get to vote. He is just an advisory delegate from the Oklahoma district, but he still gets to go up there. So, I, I don't know, maybe one of the nights I'll, I'll go on up and hang out with him for a bit. But, there you go. So, but th- that'll be free and open to do. So, all right. Well... Cool. We're in John 16. I think you said we got through verse 7 last time. Is that right? Yeah. Through we verse think so. 7. 16, All verse right. 7. And then. Um, so 7 ends. L- let me just read this again. Sure. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go, the helper, the paraclete, the Holy Spirit will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So so we're really getting in the, this discussion is on the whole context of. The, 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 the simple fact that we actually have it better now in the New Testament than the disciples did. It, it is to our advantage. It is better for us li- living now in the New Testament because the Holy Spirit has come. The, the, the Pentecost has happened. The gospel is spread throughout the world. We don't have to find out what side of uh, the the lake, uh, the Sea of Galilee Jesus is on in order to go hear preaching. We, mm-hmm. we, we, we can hear it in... Illinois, Oklahoma, whatever various state we're in, whatever very country we're in, in our own language and tongues, all that, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. You, you don't have to learn Aramaic to get the gospel. It's awesome. So, nice. But we're also going to get some more specific details on what the Holy Spirit will be doing in his church. Because that's one thing that, let's face it, uh, do, do folks in the U.S. and the world sometimes have messed up ideas about what the job of the Holy Spirit is. <laughs> yes, to name no specific group. <laughs> we, we won't name names, but man, there's some weird stuff. Oh, yeah. Let's figure out and listen to Jesus and have him tell us what the Holy Spirit's job is. Okay. So if you would uh, take on and read through uh, a few verses. Sure. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father, and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still... Oh, go ahead. All right. Let, let's, let's pause there. That, that word convict, 
uh, it, it's really speak with authority. That's the nuance there. It, it's not just just laying down the law or sending them to jail, but but it's going to be that that speaking with conviction. It's that type of meaning of the word convict, right? You get so so it's not just throwing the book at, but but it's when the Holy Spirit speaks, he speaks with authority. He, he lays down reality. He tells it like it is. And and we have three things that, that the Spirit will tell like they are. And the first one is concerning sin. Now, think about this as a, a simple definition of sin. What is sin and why does it happen? Eh, they don't believe in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Thomas, what is the first commandment? Thou shalt have no other God but me, or before me. <laughs> What does this mean? <laughs> Distinction. Uh, we should fear and love and trust in God above all things. So in other words, if you are not believing in God, if you don't trust him, where is that going to lead? Chaos. Uh, Chaos. Death. Sin. Sin, yes. And this is one of the things that, that, that Christian preaching, that the word of God does, it exposes our sin as a lack of trust a lack of of proper fear of being more worried about what other people think rather than what God has said, or a love of the various things in the life more than what God has said. So, so the Holy Spirit's going to lay bare sin. He is going to preach the law. The chickens are going to come home to roost, and we're going to see what all sin is. Sin is really not believing God, not taking God at His word. Ooh, is that a kind of a blunt way to talk about sin? I would think. Think about this. Most of the time, we will often think of of sin as just trying to be, oh, I did something bad. I was naughty. We we don't think of it often in terms of, no, I'm actually rejecting God. Yeah. <laughs> but, but 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 really, the Spirit's going to, look, guys, you're, don't just try and soft sell your sin. Realize what it is. It's because God has said A, and you just said, eh, nah, nah, that A probably won't work. I'll go with my own be of my own choosing mm-hmm. and that so so he's not gonna let you wiggle out of what sin is he's gonna speak authoritatively and with conviction and convict concerning sin all right so that's cool. the first one cool. okay what's the second thing he speaks about uh the second thing just reviewing uh let's see righteousness here it is mm-hmm. concerning righteousness because i go to the father and you will see me no longer mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now now, th- this is interesting. Thomas, what is righteousness? This is actually going to be the theme of my sermon on, on Sunday. Oh, but, nice. But, okay. But, but, but what is righteousness? If I just say righteousness, what do you tend to think of? Well, as a Lutheran, I tend to think of immediately of, of being in Christ and, and to no other. <laughs> Yay! According to the world, though, most of the time when we think of righteousness, we think, oh, I'll do a nice thing. Da, 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 da. Right. But note how how Jesus puts this. He'll speak about righteousness because you're not going to see me anymore. Uh-huh. So when I'm not around standing in front of you, the Holy Spirit's going to be the one who speaks with conviction about what righteousness truly is. That is Christ Jesus and all he has done for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As the Holy Spirit speaks a word of law, he will speak convincingly the gospel, the fact that Christ Jesus is the righteous one who has won you your salvation with his precious death and resurrection. And that's what the Holy Spirit's going to do. He, he's not going to let you go down rabbit trails of your own righteousness. Well, I, I helped a nice little lady across the street. God surely going to reward me now. No, 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 no. <laughs> your righteousness is Christ Jesus. And the Holy Spirit will point and speak of Christ. And that's something we're going to need because, you know, 
we, 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 if I just go off and start going, ah, yeah, you know, I, I, I think I'm pretty good. I don't have Jesus to tap me on the shoulder and say, oh, disciple, uh, look over here. Mm-hmm. So, so the Holy Spirit will be pointing us to Christ in response to our understanding of our sin and not believing Christ. The Holy Spirit will say, look at Christ, believe and see what he has done for you. Oh, okay, now wait, Thomas. We've got law. Mm-hmm. We've got gospel. Mm-hmm. Why is there a third thing? Aren't we supposed to, we're, 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 we're Lutherans, man. It's just law and gospel. It's just law and gospel. What, what's going on here? What's the third one? Well, reading, reading through it, and I'll let you cover this, but I would say the gospel continues in the next phrase. Ah, all right. <laughs> carry on. Carry on. Concerning righteousness is the third one. No, no, no you did right. Righteousness is the middle one. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Uh, concerning judgment. Yep. Because, and here's the key word in, or key phrase in my opinion. Because the ruler of this world is judged. How can judgment be gospel language, Thomas? Is, is, are we getting a, a law gospel law sandwich to like intimidate us? No. <laughs> no. The Spirit will remind us in the midst of our life that the ruler of this world is judged. Think about this. We don't see Jesus in front of us at the moment. Right. We don't. And so the Holy Spirit has to point us to remember you have redemption and righteousness in Christ. What often do we see in front of us? Death, decay, destruction, despair. Satan running muck with the world. Mm -hmm. Things not going the way we want. Bad and wickedness. Bad law. Wickedness being promoted. We see around us a world that is full of junk. And that can intimidate us. But the Spirit will say, no, 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 no. Hey there, relax, chillax, Christian, because there is judgment. And you know what the judgment is? You are redeemed and the ruler of this world is judged. Mm -hmm. This world will fall away. The things that trouble you will pass away. That is the way it is. And you have life everlasting. So really it's law, gospel, gospel. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's law and there's gospel. No, no, we really mean gospel. It really is good. Relax, be be at peace. So, so what you have here is you have the really the what what the message of the New Testament church is. We call sin sin. We we proclaim Christ's forgiveness, and we point not to a better world now. I believe in the resurrection of the body, the life of the world to come, that, that we will endure past the fallenness of this world. So we can take this world for what it is. We can, we can enjoy the blessings that God gives us here, but we realize that there's still more to come and that we don't need to sacrifice or abandon the faith for the sake of trying to get along, to get along in this world because the ruler of this world is judged. Mm-hmm. He, he, the world doesn't triumph. Evil doesn't triumph. They, they might annoy us. Uh, well, this is the, the great, a mighty fortress. This world's prince may still scowl fierce as he will. He can harm us none. He's judged. Yep. The deed is done. Oh, oh, hey. It's almost as though Luther had read the Bible before writing that <laughs> hymn. Uh, yeah, go, go figure. Uh-huh. So, but do you see how that kind of works as a, a, a beautiful way of saying what the Holy Spirit does. And again, it's to your advantage that the Holy Spirit comes because this, this message, the Holy Spirit works with God's word throughout the entire world. How many, how many hundreds of thousands of, of sermons or, or talks or discussions about 
the judgment of sin, the, the, the righteousness of Christ were, were given in the past week. All over the place, throughout the whole world. It's to our benefit. Mm-hmm. Now, we'll sometimes go run off and do plenty of stupid things because we're still sinners stuck in <laughs> sinful world. But over and against that, the Holy Spirit proclaims to us the truth of what Christ Jesus has done for us. Beat down your sinful flesh, oh Christian, because you know what? Your sin is stupid and it doesn't believe God. You <laughs> should believe God because God is good for you. He has won your redemption, and indeed he will give you deliverance from this world. Does that track, follow, and make sense? 100%. All right. Well, then I, I think we're coming up on a break, so we will pause, take a breath, and then we'll carry on with more, uh, more John later on. Excellent. Sounds good. I like the ride. John, later on. Woohoo! And we're back in the Gospel Bookly Podcast, and now we're going to move to our backwards life segment, where where we will look at a, a truism or an idea in the Christian faith that we've all kind of heard, but we're going to look at it from the opposite side and and come to it from a different angle and think of it in a different way. And so, so Thomas, do you have something for us to ponder in a backwards fashion today? Something to ponder is the question, because as opposed to our normal truisms or relatively truisms. This one, I'll, I'll leave you to decide. Uh, at work, we play a radio station that just loops the same songs over and over and over. And one of the very, very popular ones is, of course, Footloose. And if I were to watch that movie, I would be told that dancing is something forbidden that a Christian should not do. So that's the subject I'm going to toss at you today. Christians should not dance. So says... John Lithgow. <laughs> right, right. Okay, well, well, what we have here is that that whole idea of where you have, <clears throat> I will just put it in terms of, of the, the Christian legalism, where it's dancing, we're going to say that simple, no playing cards, no smoking, no drinking. We're, we're going we're gonna to come up with the new arbitrary standards of, of this is what we're not going to do and that'll keep you safe from going off into bad things. Cool, cool. I, I, I want to give just a little bit of history with this. Most of these are not, well, they're not in Scripture. There, there is no Scripture that says do not drink. What you have in Scripture is don't get drunk. Right. Um, to speak kindly and put the best construction on these things, even though they're, they're wrong, the idea is they're, they're an attempt to keep a fence around people to keep them safe. If I, I, if I don't want my kid to get drunk, I'm going to say, don't even drink. Because that way, if they don't even drink, they won't get drunk. If, if I don't want my kid to get up to any tomfoolery with the opposite sex, well, don't even dance. Because mm-hmm. if, you, if you don't touch on the dance floor, or if you dance with your arms out at arm's length and leave room for the Holy Spirit, I like that one, uh, the, the, then nothing more foolish or, or, or wicked or pernicious will go on because uh-huh. of course the only reason high schoolers ever have sex is because of school dances. That's hundred percent of the case. Uh, but, yeah. but, but what happens is all of these are attempts to set artificial man-made hedges around things that are bad. So, so the, the approach there that is given is, is, you don't want to go too far. So we're going to demonize anything that might lead to that. So is, is that a fair description? I would say, yeah. 
All right. So having that being the description, the idea that 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 let's set a hedge around these things so we don't go into them. Here's how I would approach that from a different angle. Okay. Rather than viewing dancing as bad mm-hmm. or or booze as fundamentally bad or what have you, recognize things as gifts from God and use them in their right and proper way. Thomas, is dancing and music a gift from God? Absolutely. I mean, King David it, did it before the Ark of the Covenant for crying it, out loud. It, it's a wonderful thing. And and can, 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 all right, all right, I might get you into trouble. Can, can a nice dance with your wife be a nice thing? Absolutely. Nice room. Yeah. These are, but there's a time and place for it. Now, now, Thomas, I, I will ask you, as you are a happily married man, would, would the nice slow dance with the uh, redhead down the way in the apartment three blocks over be a good thing? <laughs> no. no. No, it's it's out of the place. So, so again, it, it's a good thing, but if you misuse it, it goes bad. Mm-hmm. Likewise, it, is alcohol a bad thing? Well, no. Wine is given to gladden the hearts of men. Mm-hmm. But can you mess with it? Can you abuse it? Of course. So rather than trying to put a fence around these things so you don't abuse them, what we ought to be doing as Christians is rightly understanding them and their place and using them appropriately. Is sex a bad thing? Not in the least. But but so often we have this Christian overreaction where we want to demonize sex. Oh, no, don't, don't. No, no, no. Sex is a great thing. It's given for, for mutual enjoyment and procreation. Mm-hmm. Two wonderful things. Two of the best things in life are Time with your spouse and kids. But mm-hmm. you know what? There's a time and place for that when you're married. Mm-hmm. And, and if you if you run into the thing, if you try to use the gift when it's not the right time, that goes bad. So rather than trying to say, oh, we're going to put these fences and, 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 and put them over there and they're, they're bad and evil and don't go dancing. <gasps> well, no, no. Know what the gifts are. Appreciate the gifts that God gives us in, in life but also know there's a time and place for them. This is the way it is with anything. Now, think of it this way. Um, uh, uh, is money bad? No, just the love of money. If you, if you love money and end up misusing that gift, it becomes bad. It, is marriage bad? It is, is, no. Relations with a woman are not bad, or relations with a guy if you're a gal. But if you misuse them, if you put them in the wrong place, then they go bad. Is food a bad thing? No, of course not. But, but oh, dietitian Thomas, <laughs> if, you, if you misuse food, does it become a harmful thing? Yes, certainly. So, so really, rather than trying to put the, the hedge around things, oh, I know. I will never let my child taste candy. That way they never get diabetes. Well, well, that's about the same logic. It, it doesn't work that way. Although I, I will admit, I, I will give a story from my past. Okay. Um, my my mom only had good healthy cereals for when I was growing up until I spent the night at Grandpa's house, and he introduced me to Captain Crunch. And I still have a romantic fondness and love for Captain Crunch that 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 that's far beyond the quality of its taste. But but <laughs> and I realized it was my first sugar cereal. And oh. Mom was kind of ticked at her dad for that one. but So, I mean, there, there can be logic in terms of you're not ready for this. Let's not go there. Mm. But you don't demonize the thing and you understand that there's a right reason for it. And so 
what I would say is rather than doing the, no, you can't do that. Well, don't tell people they can't when God hasn't said that they can't. In fact, don't tell God they can't when it's something that is a good gift from God. But conversely, we need to think about what's the right and proper way to use this gift so that it's being used in a God-pleasing way and in accordance with my vocation and in accordance with the laws of the state. While I think having a beer can be a nice, lovely thing, if you are not 21, guess what you don't get to do in the U.S.? Unless you've been, unless you're at home giving it by your parents. <laughs> I, I, so, so I mean, it, it, that that's the movement. We 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 pay attention to how and where God has placed us in this world, in our lives, and then we use the gifts accordingly. So, cool works does, for me. Does that does that was that backwards enough? Yes, absolutely. Because again, it's one where I I will do one other thing that comes up with that. Sure. What you do get here is an example of how man in his zeal to try and be good will end up not really paying attention to what God has said. If God wanted us to avoid all alcohol, do you not think he would have had plenty of opportunity to say, do not ever drink alcohol? Yes, that's, I mean, there's over, well, there's 66 books where that could have been inserted at any time. <laughs> and, and, and in fact, if God wanted us to utterly avoid alcohol, do you think he would have instituted the Lord's Supper? Where it's like, all right, as part of worship where I give myself to you and forgiveness, I'm going to use wine. Right. Yeah, not a, not a thing so, at that point. So what happens is you end up having the, these man-made ideas of I'm going to do things better than God. Mm-hmm. Now, 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 Thomas? Uh, what do you call it when you say, no, God, I don't believe you. I'm going to do something better than you. The original sin. (laughs) And the Holy Spirit will convict the world concerning sin because they didn't. Oh, surely God wouldn't want us to let let booze be around. In fact, this is one of the the things that is odd. How do we have Welsh's grape juice? What's the story behind that? I I remember some of it, but do tell. (laughs) Welch was a Methodist. Who taught that all, and they taught that all alcohol was was bad. So the question was, how do you celebrate the Lord's Supper without alcohol? And so after pasteurization came around, a fellow by the name of Welch said, "Hey, if I pasteurize the grape juice, it won't turn to wine." Because what what happens just as a matter of course if you take fruit juice and leave it? Well, the inherent yeasts and and, and microorganisms in that product will take the sugars and convert them to alcohols. It's just part of biology. Okay, this is a great secret for folks because I've made beer. My aunt makes wine. It's not hard. You know what you do? You take real juice and when you squish it, there's yeast on like the the, the skin of the grapes. Mm -hmm. And that gets into the, the, the juice and you basically leave it. You, you, you cover it up so you don't have outside fungus coming in. You, you right. can't even put like, and you know, it, it'll turn to wine on its own. Pretty nifty. I, I, but, but suddenly, oh, well, we will do it better. And, and now we have a new and better communion by ignoring what Jesus has said. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> so, so the, the other side of it is don't try to make better rules than God has given. Because that just, it doesn't work right. It doesn't work out well. So my advice, my recommendation is 
know that God gives great and wonderful gifts. Sometimes you're ready for that gift. Sometimes it's part of your life. Sometimes it's not. And consider your station in life. Consider where you are and what gift you get and how it's appropriately to be used. Rather than trying to make a blanket statement to keep everyone else safe. Right. All right. Cool. All right. Is sleep a good gift, Thomas? Oh, man. And one that I don't enjoy enough currently. <laughs> Is sleeping during Pastor Naren's sermon a good gift? No. <laughs> Although I have done it. <laughs> no joke. When I was in a confirmation, my very first uh, trip to the, uh, the acolyte, uh, whatever you want to call it, I fell you asleep. Felt- you and fell asleep I, on acolyte duty. Yeah, yeah. And I slept through the end of service. And luckily there were two of us who were acolyting that day. So the other acolyte put out all the candles. And I wake up and the 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 whole church is empty. And I go back, you know, <laughs> they, to the sacristy and, and he, he's they back there taking off the robe and and I'm like, what what uh so what happened? Uh what happened there? And he was like, Well, I got them all. Nice job. It was my first first time. He was just like, were, were you at the early service or was this at the late service? This is the late service. Oh, you are a bum. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. I will tell my 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 falling asleep sermon. This is why I can never complain about anyone falling asleep in church. Okay. When my dad was on vicarage, I was a seventh grader, and my my mom was a nurse working the night shift, seven. Mm-hmm. PM to 7 a.m. So she got off work at 7 a.m., came home, grabbed me, we would go over to church, and it's my dad's first sermon as a vicar. Okay. So so this is a, a big thing for him. And we hit the eight o'clock service, and he lo- gets up into the pulpit, he's starting to preach, and he looks up, and there's my mom <laughs> snoring with her head. And there's me next to her with my head loaded over. So we both slept through his first sermon. Oh no. So so in reality, if I look up and see someone uh, resting their eyes, and I, I, I've got no ground to complain. It's like, <laughs> nope, nope, I, 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 I've slept. Don't sleep through people's sermons. Try to stay awake and pay attention to the word of God. Did that sound nice and stern? But yep. yeah, sleep is a good gift. Just try not to sleep through the divine service, folks. <laughs> that, that, everything in its proper place. All right, right. right. So no, we're we're not going to go all footloose and say we must give people eighty-five. Cups of coffee every day so they never sleep. That way they don't sleep through the word. See, that would be bad. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. Let's go to break and then we'll come on back and get some more uh, actual word of God. All right. Hopefully you're not sleeping right now. Wake up. And we're back at the Gospel Bold podcast. And, and, and Thomas is trying to not laugh because I am doing some chair dancing since we're coming to this segment. Uh, as bad as Mike Greenberg on, on ESO, actually probably worse. It was horrific. So I will stop and we will get back to the <laughs> word of God. I will stop trying to, to make Thomas well, now, break see, character. But I was going to have to chide you for that, but you provided ample reason in the last segment why I should not. So, Oh, no, it's okay to dance. <laughs> now, now, actually, this is one where, where normally you don't want to mock people during Bible study and such like that. Mm-hmm. But, but part, part of our whole shtick here with this is that we, we kind of have fun and laugh and rejoice. So, exactly. so, and actually, if you come to one of my Bible studies, I'll expect you to laugh. I hope I will, because I mean, I can't be serious that long. But <laughs> keep, keep your laughter in its appropriate place. So Excellent. We are at John 16, verse 12. So All if right. you would, any other thing before we move on to the next segment? Um, no, I mean, nothing, nothing more than just the reading here. All right. Then on my part, anyway. Let's dive on in. Okay. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. 
When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. All right. Now, now Jesus is setting up for us really the limitation on, on what we should expect from the Holy Spirit. And, and you have the thing where Jesus is saying, okay, there are things you can't bear now. Think about what state the disciples are in. How much do they really get and understand? Very little. And in fact, one of the things that you get with with in the gospel accounts is Jesus explaining to them uh, things to them after the resurrection. So this is not a matter of, all right, it's the year 2016 and the Holy Spirit has just zapped me. And now I understand that if you really want to be a Christian, you must never engage in dancing. No, no that's <laughs> not what we're talking about. Jesus is dealing with the, the reality of salvation, of, of what we just heard the Holy Spirit talk about, sin and righteousness and judgment. You guys aren't in a place to understand that the ruler of the world is judged, because guess what's going to happen in just a few hours? Y'all are all going to run out of this garden in terror, because mm-hmm. the ruler of the world is not going to look like he's judged. In fact, very much the opposite. It looks like Jesus right. is the one in the dock. And, and so basically... The spirit will be the spirit of truth. Now, now remember, uh, of truth. Has Jesus said something about truth just a little bit earlier in this evening? In, in chapter about 14. Himself uh, having <clears throat> claimed to that title, maybe? I, I am the way, the, the truth, and the life. So <clears throat> when we talk about the spirit being the spirit of truth, he is the spirit of, of Christ, the, the spirit that's going to talk about Christ, not so— so again, if you if you get people saying, "Oh, I've got the Holy Spirit," and He says, "Buy this stock because, yeah, Jesus told me to go invest in pharmaceuticals." No, that that <laughs> that's not the point. That 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 that's not that that's not the truth we're looking at. So I mean, if it's truth so again, serum pharmaceuticals, would that no, make it work? No, because again, <laughs> the Spirit does not speak on His own authority, but rather. Whatever he hears, whatever comes from the word, he will declare. You have the spirit and the word of God tied together. And in fact, one of the things is we should never expect really anything of the Holy Spirit that doesn't deal with the proclaimed word of God, whether it is the scripture itself being read or whether it is preaching or expounding upon the word of God. That's where the Holy Spirit is active. And so the Holy Spirit is not the ultimate wild card where I can say, oh, well, the Spirit told me blah, 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 blah. And, and then <laughs> better, you better listen because I've got the Spirit. And, and, and since I've got the Spirit, I, I think you should uh, go root for the Oklahoma Sooners is coming. No, that doesn't. That dog won't hunt. In fact, what will the Spirit do if you will take the next verses? Of course. <clears throat> he will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore... I said he will take what is mine and declare it to you. The Holy Spirit's job is to take what is Christ's, his righteousness, his love, his mercy, and give it to you. Mm -hmm. He's going to take all of the the good that Christ has done is given to you. So you know what? If they're not proclaiming what Christ has done and if they're not proclaiming what Christ has done for you, they're not speaking with the Holy Spirit. If it's not about grace and mercy, if it's not the gospel, then you're not getting the Holy Spirit. You can say law too, but again, what's the point of the law? Not just to, I, I will set up this hedge to make everyone's life better. Mm-hmm. It's not, 
the law is not designed, it's not given to us, theologically speaking, to make everything nice and happy. You can be a Buddhist and do that. You can do natural revelation and your reason to figure out, oh, yeah, if I kill people, that might lead to increased <laughs> violence in society and uh -huh. people might want to kill me back. That That's not good. I mean, that, that's why you have basic levels of, of morality throughout the world. Might be off, but you still get basic levels. Mm -hmm. No, the, the thing that comes up is you're a sinner who needs Christ, but here's what Christ has done for you, and you are forgiven. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And you know, right now, the, the disciples weren't ready to really kind of hear that. They're they're off in happy la-la land. Are they going to hear it come the evening of the resurrection? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So so this is what Jesus is saying. Listen, <clears throat> The Spirit's going to be about the theological work. He's going to take all the things that I have won for you and give them to you. That's how we receive the words. In fact, uh, I preached on the uh, presentation of the Augsburg Confession this past week. Mm -hmm. And one of the things it talks of, we, we will often use the phrase means of grace. But really, in the, the Confessions, in Article 5, it talks about how the Holy Spirit is given through through word and sacrament. The Holy Spirit comes to us and he brings us all this, well, everything that belongs to the Son. And in the process, it's it's interesting because you've pointed out the, the matter of glory before in, in this discourse Jesus is having back when they were in the upper room. It says, he will glorify me for, is that a, is that a causative statement? Is that a, this is how he glorifies me type of statement? The, the yeah. way that glory works is... The glory, the, the way Christ is glorified is by forgiveness being given out. Cool. In, in fact, I'll run with that for a second. Sure. <clears throat> the best way you can glorify God before your neighbor is not say, oh, Jesus is awesome and cool. <laughs> Jesus is so big and powerful that he could smite the sinners. Oh, <laughs> no, no. The, the glory of God all of sin falls short of the glory of God. We, we aren't what we were created to be. We're trapped in sin. But how does Christ get glorified? By winning redemption, by, bin, by, by winning forgiveness. And you, so you know how God is glorified? When you tell your friends, you know, your sins are forgiven because of Christ Jesus. When you speak the gospel to another person, you are glorifying God because the gospel is the story of what God has done for that person. If I want to glorify someone, I talk about the great things that they have done. And the great thing that Christ has done is he has redeemed you. Mm -hmm. So when you speak the gospel to another person, when you tell them, yes, your sins are forgiven, Jesus has died for you, you are bringing God's glory to them. You are giving them life and salvation. You are glorifying God. God likes living creatures. He likes us. He wants us to have everlasting life. And when you speak the gospel to someone, what are you giving them? The very same. Christ and his everlasting life. Oh, it's to your advantage that I go away. Because while you've got me running around with you now, I'm going to make you fishers of men. I'm going to make you be people who are, peace be with you. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. You're going to go and you're going to make peace. You're going to go give people life and salvation. You're going to go give people mercy. And that's all over the place. And that's awesome. Nice. So it kind of, it really is better. Yay. Yeah. Think about this just for a second. 
Now, now this is not just me as I am the pastor and this is my job to preach in the church, but but you just as a, as a Christian, Thomas, mm-hmm. you, you tell your boy, Jesus died for him. Jesus loves him. You're giving him everlasting life if you do that. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit is working in you and with you and through you to give life and salvation to another person. You you speak a kindness and 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 point a random neighbor, a coworker to God's love, and you are speaking words of eternal life. How cool is that? That's crazy cool. I mean, think think of how often you think of. <clears throat> Think of how often we can be frustrated by our own powerlessness, the things that we can't do, things that we can't accomplish, our plans that, oh, I want to do this and it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And yet what's the reality we have in the gospel of Christ Jesus? That is our possession, is our heritage, that, that, that we are heirs of the kingdom and we are part of the family of God and it's the family treasure that we get to use and hand out to folks. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the word of eternal life. Well, well, guess what, Peter? Because you are sent out by Christ, because you have the words of eternal life, now guess what? You speak the words of eternal life to other people. We speak life and salvation to people. How's that for not being powerless? Right. It's not my power. It's the power of God. But it's an awesome reality. It's one of the things where I think if we, if we actually thought and understood what was going on. We we confess in the Nicene Creed, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible. Mm-hmm. If we actually comprehended the invisible realities going on around us, I I, I think we'd be unable to operate. We, we, we'd be so overwhelmed. Agreed. And I mean, this is just a, these simple earthly things, and yet God causes such great, wonderful things through them. You're, you're an agent of Christ, listener, because whenever you proclaim what Christ has done, you are giving the Holy Spirit and life to people. How cool is that? Way cool. All right. Any other thoughts there? We've got, we've got three minutes left. Mm-hmm. Now, the, I'm used to thinking of the next chunk in a, a different set because it that's one of the places where the the breaks and the reading comes up but let, let's start it and and see how that flows from here okay so remember the holy spirit's going to come you're going to have these awesome things he will he will speak great things to you and now we get this a little while and you will see me no longer and again a little while and you will see me so some of his disciples said to one another what is this that he says to us a little while and you will see me and again a little while and uh, sorry, a little while and you will not see me. And again, a little while and you will see me. And because I am going to the father. So they were saying, what does he mean by a little while? We do not know what he's talking about. Now, remember, I've got more things to tell you, but you're not ready to hear that. So the spirit's going to come. What does he mean by he's going away? <laughs> is he going to take a vacation? Yeah. Peter, is this going to be one of those transfiguration things where, where, where you and John get to go up with him and we get abandoned again? Come on. What's, what, what's, so, so even as Jesus is giving this wonderful speech, this wonderful talk, and they're walking along, they're not getting it. They, they don't quite get it. Because, again, the, the reality of, of the plan of salvation coming to fruition, the reality of Christ's death and resurrection hasn't set in. What he's talking about is, listen, I'm going to be crucified, and then you're not going to see me because I'm going to be buried. But then I'm going to show up again. So, 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 
it's it's his pointing to the the death and resurrection. It's actually also you could say pointing to his ascension and his return. Mm-hmm. You're you're gonna see me, and then you're not gonna see me, but uh, you'll see me again. It's that idea of that there will be periods of waiting of of. Well, and you know what? Well, we'll probably should get into that next time a little bit more fuller with For with sure. what's really gonna be going on in the times when we don't see Jesus immediately. It's okay. He still is one. There's still sin, but he still is the righteous one. And the ruler of this world still is judged. So as you go about this week, remember, hey, there's a reality that you don't always see right in front of you. And that reality is Christ Jesus has won you the victory, and he gives this victory to you over and over and over again through his word and spirit. And indeed, you even speak out this same victory to those in your life, which is an awesome thing. Cool that? Cool that. All right. Wake up. (laughs) And with that, (laughs) I believe that draws us to a close for the day. Any final passing thoughts, parting thoughts? No, I'm about done. (laughs) Well, where are you going, Pastor? I mean, are we done for a little while? And and what does that mean now? Well, well, oh, oh, good night. You are not ready to understand these things yet, Thomas. (laughs) Maybe next week you can explain them to me. (laughs) Come back next time and we'll see if we're both awake yet. All right. Have a good one.